it's always been. We rise up to the challenge, we give the game our all. With sheer determination, we go in for the ball. Hi everybody, welcome to the Big Footy Cats podcast. Uh, my name is Willow. Tonight we are having a look back at the home and away season um, of 2016 and I'm joined by two very special guests, uh, both who have been, uh, I've been fortunate to have on once already this year. Uh, welcome first, Partridge. Thanks very much, Will. Pleasure to be here again. No worries at all. And returning, well, he's a podcast veteran, but only once this year. SJ? Yes. Uh, thanks for having me. Is it is it a, a coincidence that I'm on during the bye week, or what's what's happening there? I'm not sure. Just, just wheel out the big guns for the week off? or oh, Both of you two have been pretty hard to lock down for the course <laughs> of the year, so... No, happy to be here, happy I, to be here. Looking the, forward to finals. The stars have just aligned for the bye week. To be, <laughs> given the AFL's decided to give us nothing for the weekend, we've got to provide the entertainment. Oh. No, we do have the AFL. Well, that's true, yes. But as I said, the AFL's given us nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, last weekend saw the, well, the, the final home and away round of the year um, with games played. Uh, and we've managed to, Geelong have managed to get themselves, we managed to finish second on the ladder uh, with 17 wins, five losses, a percentage of 143.8 and also on the back of seven wins on the trot, I believe, uh, in compared to last year where we had uh, 11 wins, uh, a draw. We also got the the split points for the for the split uh, result with the the Adelaide game that didn't happen, um, and finished tenth. So a decent old improvement, I think we'd all agree. Um, I suppose the simple place to start is we're just having a bit of a general look back at the year. Is what have you made of our what have you made of our year, SJ, thus far? Yeah, well, it's been an interesting one, hasn't it? I mean, if 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 we go far in this final series, and looking back on this year, in 20, looking back on season twenty sixteen and years to come, it'll be a hard one to describe. I think because at no stage have I ever really thought um, Geelong looked a real threat for it, and yet we finished second, um, not far off first spot and knocked off almost every contender. Um, so I find those two things hard to put together in my mind, but they happened. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, yeah, I exactly understand the point you're saying. I've gone into a lot of games where I've thought, I'm not, I'm not overly confident, I'm not sure how we're going to go. Um, but in particular against the, the higher placed teams, the top eight teams, we seem to come out on top the most part so I'm not I'm still not 100% sure what the true colours of this team actually are um, Partridge what's your what your initial thoughts just on on the home and away season um, yeah I think uh, SJ said that pretty well I mean, <clears throat> there's been games and patches within games where they've looked fantastic and had some really seriously impressive wins like I think the win in Adelaide in whenever round eight, 
and Peter Murray was only whatever it was, four or five goals over the year, you know, start to finish were the better team. Um, the BGWS of Geelong, and again, looks like the better team all night. Um, this all day, whatever it was, there's been games like that, but then there's been <laughs> quarters or halves where they've looked just, you know, in the first three quarters against Richmond, whereas as bad as I can remember them ever looking. So I'm guessing it's just a combination of a lot of factors coming together, and sometimes they've clicked and sometimes they haven't. Um, and I think the only side in the top four or top eight that we haven't beaten is Sydney. Yep, that's right. Um, if, if you look at it right now and say, well, I probably still think Sydney have been looked the team to beat, if there is such a thing. But at the same time, I think other um, more intelligent posters have pointed out if there's ever been a year where it's up for grabs, this is it. So, yeah, three more wins. Let's so say we've got to... I suppose that's how we, we look at it now as we're entering uh, the finals. Is We'll start with the positives. Um, as you mentioned, Partridge, about how there's been some fantastic wins. What's been your highlight from the year so far? And it can be a game, it can be a player's performance. What's been your highlight so far? Um Aside from the whopping great elephant in the room wearing your number 35 jumper, <laughs> which is the obvious one about the addition of danger, but I probably lean towards um, getting Henderson slotted into defence. Because, especially because I don't know what round it was he actually came into the team, but I'm pretty sure he didn't start the season there. <clears throat> and from memory, he took a few games to hit his stride. It was a bit sloppy, you know, just a bit rusty early on. But I would have thought since then he's been up to me anyway. I think he's been our best defender this year. Mm. Certainly our best big man. Not, not to, not to um, diminish what Taylor and Wanning have been like. They've been terrific, but I think he's been exceptional. He did, uh, he did start the year in the side because I was watching the highlights that's in our highlights thread from the round one game against Hawthorne, and he kicked the goal in the last quarter at a pretty crucial time um, from a set shot. So, But I agree with what you were saying. He didn't start the year. I remember, especially in the practice matches, he looked a bit... He was a bit shaky early on. Yeah, he didn't look that settled, and um, there's a few people already were starting to question the recruitment of him. Um, I was probably one of them. (laughs) I don't know if I did for them. Yeah, but he definitely he was in there early. He just he, he was a bit of a slow burn early, I think. But then yeah. um I actually think he really um he really sort of stepped up I think in the um the Adelaide game was the first time I really um saw it when we played Adelaide and uh Lonigan got hurt or knocked yeah. out early and he went to Tex and and pretty much shut him down completely. And I reckon his confidence just took off from there. Yeah. Um, SJ, what's been your highlight? I guess bounce, just bouncing back from a really disappointing year last year. Um, and, you know, really props there have to go to the coaching staff and the, you know, the list management who took some pretty heavy risks by um, topping up in certain areas where we clearly were lacking. Um being, I guess being that um, stable sort of ruck division, 
uh, midfield grunt, that sort of thing. Um, and also the introduction of a few players back into the team or into the team have had a really um, r- rough trot from from injury like McCarthy, Cow, and Menzel. But, um, I mean, I think you would have been pretty optimistic to predict Geelong would finish second on the ladder this year before round one, off the back of 10th last year. Um, but we've really managed to keep all the players on the ground. I think we've, you know, as we discussed, it's, been, it's come in fits and spurts, but when they're on, they look really good as a team which, with a lot of players who haven't necessarily played a lot together, um, it's come together quite well. And I probably didn't really think that was possible this year. Um, but yeah, the other one I would say then, off the back of that, is, is Menzel as well. I mean... You know, he, he had a little glimpse towards the end of last year after not playing for four years, but the, the way he's come in, he's even worn a few and had a few injuries along the way, but he just keeps coming back and he just keeps performing. And, um, you know, I don't think we can win the flag without him because I think he's the most dynamic forward we have um, in the team. He, he's always unpredictable. Um, he can take a mark. He can snap a goal. He can, you know, make something out of nothing. So he would have to be... I mean, he probably even flies under the radar a little bit, but he would have to be... Um, the number one story for me this year. Yep. I think that's uh, fair enough. If I'm... Um, I'll probably look at just from a, a highlights-wise of a game. Uh, when we played, and I mentioned it just before, uh, when we played Adelaide in Adelaide early in the year, that was probably one of my um, highlights from the year. And it probably helps that my partner and her family are all mo- Mad Crows fans as well. So... Um, there was a few messages going back and forth about that game, but just all the pressure, the pressure on the Dangerfield game and mm. and everything like that. And whilst he got a lot of the ball, I didn't think that was one of his more influential games. No, I think he was a little nervous, to be honest. Yeah, and but that in particular, that first quarter and a half was probably as most dominant a footy as sorry some of the more dominant footy we've played for the year. Yeah. Um, we just butchered chances after chance after chance, but I was getting messages from uh, my father-in-law in the, for who was at the game, just saying like a quarter time you should be six goals up, half time you should be ten, eleven, twelve goals up by now. This is, you know, you are absolutely slaughtering us. And um, I did a podcast for the North Melbourne board when we played them and, and one of the, the fellas there lives in Adelaide and he said to me, he actually said to me off um, after the podcast, he goes, oh, I went to that Geelong-Adelaide game and he goes, that was the best I've seen a team play in a long time. He said it was just dominant the first half, absolutely dominant. <clears throat> so from a, a playing point of view, that was probably um, probably my highlight. And it was sort of the first game where I've sort of looked and thought, geez, we could... Who knows what we could do this year, just the way we'd sort of gone about it. But I think we. <laughs> the problem was, and this is probably leads on to the next point, was what were your low your low points for the year? Or I think we came back from Adelaide. Um, I hope I'm not getting my dates wrong, the wrong way around here, but I think we, we came back premiership favourites and then proceeded to lose the next two games. If I'm if I've got my head around the right way, we yeah, yeah, dropped yeah. the two games to Carlton and Collingwood, and yeah. um, you know we sort of came back from Adelaide thinking, "Look at us, look at us go." Yeah, and then 
that was probably my disappointment was the then and I didn't watch the Collingwood game um, due to moving house, but the Carlton game was one of the more frustrating uh, games to watch. Just I don't know, we just looked flat and useless. Yeah. So um, from a, a low light or disappointment, it was probably that fortnight was probably the most disappointing aspect, and and just the way we had. Seem you know we'd been we'd come back from Adelaide we looked fantastic everyone was raving about us and then just serve up what we did afterwards um, it was pretty bloody ordinary so I don't the know funny what... thing the funny thing about um, those two losses were that they were then followed by three wins against sort of top six teams yes yes <laughs> just re- and, and then another loss to a bottom ten team after that yeah that was that kind of sums up the year doesn't it and I think that probably. Just that little run that we just touched on then probably explains a lot about um, just the feel of the year. Just it's a bit why people, some people are still a bit unsure about how we really are and where we stand. So and yeah. I don't know if you've got a, a low light or a, a disappointment something you've uh, you haven't been guess, overly thrilled with SJ? My low light. yeah my, my low light I'm, I don't know if you call it low light but it comes off the back of that a little bit um, you were talking about in Adelaide and look it's, I, I don't I haven't quite got my head around it but it's it's a combination of um, in many games we've been quite inaccurate when it's counted or 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 we might have got away with it, but it's caused a lot more trouble for a lot of a, a, a long period of that game. So in that Adelaide game, we could have really put it to bed before halftime, as you said. Yeah. But instead, it became a four-quarter slog. Um, and and the other thing is, and I guess this is all tied in together, but just there's been a lot of games where our forward line has, you know, we I think the team's playing really well across the ground, winning the ball, controlling the game, shutting down in the back line, everything, but we just really have struggled to kick goals at times. Mm-hmm. And that's a really frustrating way to watch footy. And I know, I know you can't Yeah, I know you can't complain much when you win 17 games a year and, you know, obviously many teams have it worse than that. But there's not much more frustrating things in footy than literally dominating a game and you might win by three goals or or you might even lose it because you haven't put the score on the board or the opposition, or you've kicked 12 goals, 25 and the opposition's kicked 12 goals too, which mm. seems to have happened a few times. Um, so that's probably been my low light in, in quite a successful year. The fact that I think we could have been a lot more dominant with not much more difference uh, on in, in terms of our, our gameplay. Yep. Partridge? Um. I think it'd be just a, I think a fairly common one is just the, not so much, as SJ says, not so much the little losses, but just the <laughs> unbelievably bad quarters or even occasionally halves we've been served up. And there seems to be no way to predict when they're going to come either. Yeah. No. Or three quarters in the case of Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, well, yeah. They're just like that. And it seems really weird because it's not something that the team's in a bad stretch of form. Because they've come just as frequently after really good wins as they have after bad losses. I do wonder if a lot of it is mental, and you know how are we to judge. But it just seems to have been a pattern where, when we've been, we've had a few good wins. It's almost like you, 
from the outside, from my perspective, it looks like they get ahead of themselves yeah. and <clears throat> and they drop their bundle of it. And the Brisbane game was, I thought, Exhibit A, or perfect example of it. We smashed them in the first quarter. Yeah, and then it was like at quarter time they thought, beauty, this is going to be easy. Job's and done. just, job's done, ripper, and went to sleep and Brisbane came back at them and then they copped a spray and realised at half time, thought, oh, actually, this isn't that easy. And again, put the foot back down and and I went away. And I yeah. may be looking at it too, maybe just too, I may be simplifying things too much, but I just thought it has to be mental for the way it's been happening. I reckon, oh. though, it's it's a little bit based on the way we play, though, as well. Yep. And, you know, apart from last week, and I don't, I don't know if we'll get onto this, but apart from last week, we've clearly moved the ball very slowly all year, you know, retain possession, hang on to it, etc., etc. And, you know, I can see why you do that. It means, you know, you're not taking many risks and you don't, our, our slower, taller back line doesn't get exposed as much. But I think at times it's actually cost us because... You know, we take our time working up the field and against some of those sort of younger teams, even even though some of those teams were just having a crack against us, like Richmond was having a real a real decent crack against us that game. Um, you know, you miss that 20-metre chip at half-back by two metres and you turn it over there after you're trying to take your time working down the field. It's a very quick goal going the other way. And I think, I think in those games that we've lost, you know, or, or struggled in... Um, against Richmond, against Essendon early on, um, where we, we won, but it wasn't convincing, um, against Collingwood, against Carlton. That's how we've sort of played, and the opposition, they've played well, but they've also taken their chances. Like, it's not as though it's not as though they've actually dominated us, but it's just been that when they've got the ball, they've taken it quickly down the other end off our turnovers and scored. Um, whereas I think when we're on and we can hit those targets, it, it works quite well, and for some reason that's happened more against the better teams. Um then against some of those up-and-coming teams who have really built off the momentum they've got with a good start against us. Yeah. And I think um, I think the Richmond game probably is a good example because that last quarter, we we changed the way we played. Yeah. Yep. And we, we weren't slow and methodical from the back line because we didn't oh. have time to be. Mm. And we ripped but- them to shreds going straight through the middle of the ground. Yeah. The so, interesting yeah. thing was about that at three quarter time, sorry Partridge, but three quarter time you know, I just I was thinking that this has got to change here because literally our top four spot is on the line. Are we just gonna continue the same thing for another thirty minutes and lose? Or are we actually gonna risk something and do something different? Because I reckon against the Car- I reckon against Carlton the game went to a similar script and the last quarter also went to a similar script and we didn't... It, it felt like for four quarters we played the same way and we lost the same way and yeah, it was we just... We didn't change It was just anything. a waste of time. Like, not at any point, there was no change of, well, let's take... You know, this team is not great who we're playing. Let's try and do something differently. So I'm really glad we did that against Richmond because it just shows that, you know, when you have to win, you have to win. There's no point losing by... You might as well lose by 60 if you're going to lose by 40. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And now we'll have a look at just we'll just briefly touch oh, on uh, some. So, so, sorry, well, yeah, I was just going to say the one thing further than what this Joe said. The only other part that, because we're not aware of, is maybe part of it is fitness, because yeah. they know that they're a pretty fit side and they run over the top of teams. Who knows? Maybe the way they played the first two and three quarters is about conserving fitness so they've got 
X amount left if needed. Who knows? Maybe. Yep. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, just to um, touch on that a bit further, I'm pretty certain early in the year um, someone had mentioned it um, that they looked at the breakdown and that Selwood Danger, a couple of our key players were spending more time on the bench in the third quarter than any other time during the game or over over every other quarter sort of a thing and there was a bit of a theory that with the lower rotations the their guns were get, our guns were getting rests in in the third quarter to allow us to sort of come home hard in the last quarter and our last quarter record's been phenomenal this year yeah. Um, so I would do wonder, without actually having the the details, the numbers available to me, I do wonder if how much is in that as well. I'd have no doubt the clubs would measure that, so it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yep. And now just to, we've touched on, um, we've sort of already touched on, on it a little bit, uh, just in terms of players, but I wanted to know from the two of you who... Which players have uh, impressed you the most this year? And, I mean, you can go to the obvious answers if you like or if there's a bit of a bolter from left field that has surprised you, um, has blown you away. Uh, who's, Which players have have uh, you been, I suppose, have done it for you this year, Partridge, or most impressed you? Um, hmm, this, is, this is Google. I've already mentioned um, uh, Henderson. So... I'd say um, for an ability to come into the team and pretty much hold down a spot, and I definitely had doubts about that, with um, McCarthy, I think, would be a reasonable one to find out. Um, I, my bolter that I predicted for the year was Darcy Lane, so I really was on target there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say probably uh, McCarthy, uh, many goal late in the year, certainly. Um, it's, even Ruggles, I mean, even Ruggles didn't do anything wrong. He came in and just, you know, certainly not spectacular, but held down that spot and should be should play his first final and completely deserves to, in my, in my opinion. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's been so many bolters as such as guys have just been able to do their role. Yeah, nice. I agree. And it has been when they've played well and have looked a cohesive team. Yep. Which has been nice. Yep, absolutely. SJ? Uh, Sorry, uh, Partridge, are you still going? No, no, I'm, no, I'm finished. Yeah. SJ? Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think it's been, I mean, apart from at the very top there, there haven't been too many surprises. If anything, there's been a couple of disappointing players. Um, but I think that's probably what's been the pleasing part because... We've had a really, cons- in terms of the way the teams operated, I think it's been as as weird as this is going to sound. Following what I just said before, it's been quite a consistent team. You know, like you almost know what you're going to get from most players most weeks. Now, some players have probably gone backwards a bit, and they're now out of the team, which is you know a discussion for another another time. But um, you know, I think a lot of the ones, the ne- almost the next generation following our premiership success the guys who have played the bulk of the season, we've sort of got what we expected, which has been really good. The one thing I would call out is that um, I think um, the addition of Zach Smith has been really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I think 
when we're at our very best, it's when we're, we're I mean, you could say this for most teams, well, those teams play different ways, but I think when Geelong's at their very best, they're winning it out of the centre and getting into the forward line quickly, um, where it's a two-on-two or three-on-three, and that's how we score quickly. And I think you'll you'll find that that's how we did it against in a couple of quarters against Melbourne um, and our other good quarters this year. And and that's really based on Smith's work with the midfielders at the centre. So he's come in, he's played 21 games. You know, people were questioning him about his durability, including myself. But you'd certainly take that every day of the week um, if you were offered it at the start of the year. Yeah, I think he's also... He's formed a really good um, partnership with Stanley. They, they, I reckon they really complement each other because they both yep. offer something a bit different. Yep. But a bit similar at the same time. Yeah. And they've each got their strengths and. Yep. And Smith's follow-up work after he taps is pretty bloody impressive. The way he throws himself onto the ground and will tackle, and Stanley's follow-up work if he gets the ball in his arms. That's still probably nearly my most favourite thing to see with him, just the look of a big ruckman tucking the ball under his arm and just steaming away from a stoppage. Um, I love it. So I think you're right. I think they're they're almost opposite sides of the same coin, aren't they? Yes. Like in, in some ways they're quite different, but really they're actually pretty similar. They're sort of similar builds, um, get a similar amount of ball, push forward, a kick a goal every second week. Both very um, athletic. Yeah, athletic. And yet, in some ways, they're, you know, Smith is that extra probably couple of inches taller and a little bit more, you know, he's got the height on his side and Stanley's a little bit shorter and a little bit quicker and, 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 and got that on his side. Well. Yeah. So I think they, they work well. I think um, in terms of um, players, and I am happy to admit that I have written this person off many, many, many times, but I've actually started to come around on Josh Cowan. Um, I still, I still have, I'm, I'm still like not, you know, jumping up and down and screaming his best twenty-two, but just the fact that he's, he's gotten in, he's played his, what's now seven or eight games in a row, he's getting yeah. his eighteen, twenty touches. He's tackling, he works hard, and he just seems to help our structure and yeah. the way we set up. And um, and I was really, really harsh on him and questioning. I, I think Not I as said, harsh as I was. No, I, no, I said to someone, I'm pretty sure he was the most fortunate Geelong player that's ever got a contract. To someone, they just kept giving him new deals. I don't know if that's harsh. I think that's pretty realistic. But it's it's good it. to see that he's starting to repay the favour a bit. And... and Early on, the first few games, I'm like, he's not adding anything. But as it's building, I'm, you know, I'm more than comfortable for him to be in the team still. Uh, as long as he just doesn't try to burst through tackles, that's probably everyone's biggest beef because he needs to realise that he's not real big and strong well, was, and able was, to do that. I was going to say, that if you're being harsh, I've been much harsher. <laughs> I, th- I think I just, just in general. Is that just a general life comment there, Partridge? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I, I just, I think I describe him as the most fortunate player in the league. <laughs> and again, I, I don't think it was an exaggeration. No, and I even, think everything even, I said about him, I stand by at the time. Like I still, yeah, absolutely. and even um, when he got promoted, his fair form wasn't that. It was okay. Yeah. It wasn't like 
now upwards um, the regular guys have dominated that level. Uh, he had one scorching game, his first one back, and then yeah. a few mediocre ones. Yeah, and, um, but I, I agree he's in space. I'm sort of getting more calm now. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, iterate, underline, put it in bold letters, never, ever, ever try and break a tackle. But I, I just think, apart from the whole trying to break tackles thing, he seems like he's got a good footy brain. Yeah. yeah. And it's been a few times where he's just done, under pressure, he's just done a little dinky little kick under someone or over someone and yep. and, and got That's it out that. to someone. I thought, oh, and like, where a lot of players wouldn't see that and wouldn't do that. Oh, so. I you know, it's a long list of predictions you get wrong, so I'm more than happy to be wrong about that one. Yeah, and that's it. And it's not, you know, we're all humans. We all get them wrong. So I'm happy to concede that I've, I've got my <laughs> share wrong. Um, but that's just, and probably a few weeks ago, if you'd asked me that question, I wouldn't have said his name as, as a hot, sort of a highlight of a player. And probably I'd also just as a personal highlight is whatever our medical staff have done this year. Mm. Touch wood that mm. it continues for another month. But um, considering we had injury runs the last couple of years, we've had a it's been pretty pretty exceptional work to to have the team's minimal in injury list, um, and I, we haven't done a heap of I don't think soft tissue injuries. Um, no. There's been a few collision ones and things that you sort of can't avoid, but um, it's as, it's as good a season with injury really that I can remember. Yeah, me too. Does that? And, and, I, and I think it's coming in an era where it matters more than ever, oh, as yeah. well. Um, you know, you keep if it's if it's that even at the top, um, keeping the same sort of twenty-five base players or whatever going through. You know, with the odd the odd exception, I think has been really crucial for us this year, particularly on top of adding new players into the squad and, and into the team. Um, last year and the last couple of years was like a revolving door, and you know who who was the fill-in ruckman this week, and who was the third best midfielder this week. It was you know almost laughable at times, um, but you know even like you look at um, uh, Leicester City who won the EPL a couple of months ago, and there was all these stats coming out of it about how they basically used fifteen players for the whole season, and um, they'd have a great run with injury, and they'd manage their players well, and and I, I really think it's I mean, it makes sense, right? There's only 40-odd players on a list and, um, you know, you can only spend X amount of dollars on them. So the top sort of half of them are going to be where you invest your big dollars and, and your star players. And if you're like the Doggies this year or the Cats last year and you're missing 10 of those weekly, it only makes sense that you're not going to be anywhere near the best as a team. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's been crucial to us finishing in the top two this yeah. season. And it could be, could genuinely be the difference between winning a flag or not, like it's just that's with the year as close as as close as it is, so tight between all the top teams. All it could take is if you can keep your best team on the park for the next month, that yep. could go a hell of a long way yep. towards you getting your name on that trophy at the end yep. of the year. Yep, and, and and even not necessarily on on grand final day, but the fact that you know maybe no one's going to be rushed back for grand final day or maybe no one's going to be rushed back for a final. You know, the fact that pretty much everyone we've got, bar Henderson, is, is ready to go, um, you know, and, that, and has played a, a big chunk of footy in the last eight weeks, I think that's going to count a lot. Well, even um, even in the VFL now, it's not really what the main focus, but even for depth, 
from what I saw them on, was it Saturdays down or Sundays down? Uh, the top three or four like AFL listed players play all to me show good enough form that you'd be like, yeah, they'd be okay at senior level. As yep. in, you know, if you did need to call on them, they looked out, they looked ready to go. And that's what we had in 07, especially. Yeah. So what we'll also what we'll go on to now is uh, I put the call out for just some suggestions or questions um, to come our way. So I'll ask you to uh, my elite panelists. I'm going to ask um, a couple of questions. So the first one we had Lana um, ask a few questions, but we'll pick just one out. Um, is Blitzarves becoming insignificant? And it's a very interesting question because he went from last year, last, well, three years, where he's been basically playing as a ruckman and as we've permanently had someone hurt. He won the best and fairest last year. There was no questioning his improvement. It was dramatic. Um, This year, he does, he seems to have stagnated, but is it just that we don't really know what position we want him to fill to Phil, he's not quite good enough to be a midfielder and he's not quite needed to be a ruckman. Is it? Is it along those lines? Is it? Where do you see, I suppose, Blitzarves, Partridge? Yeah, you have to start with me. <laughs> well, you can discuss um, his elite running patterns, Partridge. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I put it uh, a while back, uh, not, not a few weeks ago, I think. Um, what is interesting to me, though, is that we had a great year last year on a good year. I mean, I, I don't I honestly don't think anyone had a great year last year. I thought he, you know, was very durable. He, there was about, you know, him, Motlop, Guthrie, maybe a couple of others. They were the real good players. There weren't many. Good on him. He absolutely deserved it. Um, but it seems to me the more of a role he'd been given over the last three years, the worse the team fared. And you can go back to the finals in 2013 and 2014 and then all of last year, and it's like he's been on the periphery at best this year. And, they, I, I, yeah, I, especially now that Selwood and, and also Menegola have come to the seniors because the midfield depth was really strong. I don't know where he plays. And with um, Stanley and Smith both, thankfully, staying fit, um, he's not needed for right duty, so it's... It's a weird one. I mean, I actually thought, and I've been very critical over, over the last few years, <laughs> so I'm not going to pretend otherwise, but I actually thought he'd shown good signs as a third-tour defender because for someone who isn't coming from the footy background, it's a very simple role to dedicate yourself to, and we know he's disciplined. It's been one of his very good things about his game. Um, but as a midfielder, yeah, I don't know because I don't see him being a player that the opposition are going to be worried about because it's almost like they, they're happy for him to have the ball because he's not going to hurt them. And when the put on the heat has been really on in pressure situations, he's not the most composed. So, yeah, I'm not too sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think um, clearly, clearly he's not done a lot this year. Like, he hasn't had a lot of the ball. He hasn't kicked a lot of goals. He hasn't hit a, won a lot of hitouts, um, but he's run around a lot for, for 120 minutes. Um, so you can you can almost forget he's actually out there these days, which is a weird thing to say about a player who stands out quite a lot. Um, and everyone 
you know, everyone recognised him very easily from from an early stage, being from a different sort of um, background. But I just wonder if he almost is that insurance policy for us in games. Um, you know, even if he's whatever he is, our eighth best midfielder pick for the team. You know, someone's going to be eighth. Who's coming in to take his spot? Holland Smith or someone? So, you know, maybe he's on par with whoever else is going to play that midfield role that day. Um, but, you know, if Smith goes down, if Stanley goes down, if a, if a tall defender goes down, um, if, if, you know, a midfielder goes down, it's almost like we've got all those bases covered that day just by having him on the ground. So uh, even if, a tag, if someone tagging goes down, he's done that role before as well. So I just wonder if he really is that utility running around in-game, doing what probably a 20th or 22nd best player on the field would do for most sides anyway, um, which is just sort of do a little bit and not much more. But in the finals, if we lose a really crucial player for us, Blitzarves can actually slot into... A number of roles with us having without without us having to shuffle the deck chairs too much. It's yeah, it's, it's almost like it's a trade off. It's almost like you're saying, well, this guy is not going to have forty touches in the field. He's not going to be best on ground as a ruckman, but he can potentially hold the fort in those positions if needed. Yep, yeah, hold the fort and and yeah and and be that. I mean, let's face it. Let's just say Smith goes down ten minutes in against Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, in a game that I think you know we really need to dominate at the centre, having Blitzarves there and Stanley for a full game means we probably won't be too too far off where we could have been anyway. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. And again, again, it could be another one of the things that Footy Pops factor in now, which previously they never would have. Um, we've got um, probably worth looking at. Daz is as uh, also. Asked a question, um, and basically his questions: Who is the most impactful player 2016 that arrived at the club? And he's obviously Dane has been the most talked about. Has he added the most to the 22? Has it been Smith Ruckwork, Henderson? Has it been Minigola coming in and doing what he's been able to do? Um, in terms of, I suppose, more than just one player and. Uh, who's sort of helping the team and everything in, in other ways, I guess. Um, SJ? Who's... Oh, I'll just say Smith then, and for the reasons I said before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree straight away. As much as Dangerfield's been great, no question at all, it's another a better midfielder who have added it's made the midfield group better, for sure, no doubt at all. Um, but we didn't have a durable first round. And we've now got that. That means that Stanley's been able to play second half, which is great. And yeah, and the trickle down effect has been fantastic. Same again, as much as I think Henderson's been fantastic, we have two good key defenders already. And Menegola, yeah, it's been fantastic late in the season, but at the same time, he's only come in late in the season. Yeah, and I think he, you look at anything he does as just a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I, I, over the course of a whole year, how the team has played and the structure and everything else since Smith has been you know, pretty important. Yeah, I um, I still think yeah, I still think danger, but I think yeah. it. I I agree with Smith as well, but um, probably I'd still have danger as just the most impactful because I see the yeah. role. I think 
he brings others. It's a flow-on effect from him as well. Um, it's He gets a lot of the attention. He gets the ball out. He gets the ball... He's part of the reason... I think he helps the way he sort of continually moves the ball on quick and yep. drives the ball long and quick. It can be really beneficial for us when we're playing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. he, I wonder I wonder how he would have gone if he had last year's Ruckman in there, though. Yeah. Well, he sort of has... Well, Stanley was a Ruckman for half the year. Um, so, but I... Just the way... Because he never... How often do you see him if he gets a free kick, which he gets a few free kicks? He doesn't... And the good thing about it, he doesn't seem to complain that much to the umpires either like a few of our blokes do, but he gets, yeah. gets a free kick... And how often do you see him push back behind the mark and weigh up his options and nah. slow it right down? Not often. He's gone. The minute he gets the ball, yeah. he's gone. He doesn't wait. I mean, he's, he can spray his kicks, but a lot of the guys that are moving at that speed can spray their kicks. Yeah. But he just can open up the whole game for us. So, but And I understand the point, and it's... It's a good, it's an interesting discussion because obviously Smith's been huge for us as well, and Smith's also added we he, him coming in has allowed he and Stanley to sort of play that centre half forward type yep. role as well, and they've both and Stanley's had some good games where he's played forward. Smith's added another dimension when he's gone forward as well. Yeah, um, what was it? Three and a half against Hawthorne, Yeah, and most of that came from his pressure. Just, I think, yeah, two yeah. were from pressure. Wasn't like they? tackles when he was running down blokes like Jurey and, and smaller players. So, um, the, it's a, um, you know, I think, yeah, they've equally been important. I suppose we could have probably, we couldn't have been, we couldn't have hoped for a bigger impact from all of our recruits, basically, apart from Scott Selwood, who has been unavailable for the majority of it. Um, We'll find out about his impact, I reckon, over the next month. But yeah. if he has as good an impact as the other three have had, geez, we'll be, it's, we'll be the uh, recruiters that we need to get, or well, the blokes that manage to talk these guys to come to us, um, giving themselves a good hard pat on the back for their work, because yeah. every player they've brought in has been instru- like has had an impact. Yeah. Um. Now, we've also... I won't focus too much on the questions because Turbo challenged me to try to keep this short. Um, I've already probably gone over the half an hour, so we'll try and make sure we keep this under an hour. Um, tonight, as we are recording, the All-Australian team has been announced, is being announced. Um, so it's worth discussing the players we had nominated... Uh, and the players then, obviously, that made the team. And fortunately for us, all three players that have been nominated have made the team. So Corey Enright has been named on a halfback flank. His sixth appearance. Patrick Dangerfield has been named as the Ruck Rover. And Joel Selwood has been named as the Rover. So a uh, pretty fantastic effort. At this point in time, they haven't announced the captains and everything. Uh, I'm just going to assume that Selwood will be named the captain from here. Uh, I'd imagine that'll be the case. So I suppose the first, we've talked about danger a little bit. Um, It's probably worth talking about the old man in the team who's now the game's record holder. 
Corey Enright, um, who has just blown me away this year, who's wound back the clock five or six years, it seems like. It's been remarkable, the level that he's performed. Um, I suppose I'll just grab your thoughts on, on his year, Partridge. Yeah, no, um, couldn't agree more. I thought after the first couple of times last year, the Hawthorne and Fremantle losses, I thought he looked, you know, every one of his 33 years or whatever it was to that point. Um, I thought for the rest of last year, I thought he was okay-ish. I thought he had some good games, he had some bad games, much like the team. Um, I actually think this year has been his best year in three or four seasons. Um, it's actually really been a very pleasant surprise just how even he's been, you know, as most of his career, no, not a lot of gap between his best and worst. But I thought he's no, doesn't, I've got no argument from me about him being nominated for the All-Australian team or making it. I mean, been terrific. Just, yeah, amazing to, to recapture that form he had from three or four years ago. And just looking, actually, I'm looking while I'm talking. He's actually had the most number of disposals per game Seniors, 2010. So there you go. Now, SJ will pull me up on this because stats don't mean everything and they definitely don't. But it's a, it's an indication that, yeah, it isn't just a, it isn't just our opinion. It's like everything seems to back up that he is definitely lifted his performance back to yeah. what he was a I think he's been, um, I'm not going to put him down at all here because that's not my point. But I think he's really enjoyed the fact that two things. Number one, we've had such a strong midfield where, which means, the you know, the back line's been really protected this year yeah. um, and instead of having to be accountable um, to some sort of nippy 25-year-old nine years his junior, um, he he hasn't really had to do a lot of that, um, which I think he'd found himself in the last couple of years more and more having to do um, and instead he's been able to be that um, almost that sweeper role and use really good decision-making coming the other way. Um, and I think that's really benefited him a lot. Absolutely. So, and, and I think the other thing with that is that, you know, adding Ruggles into the team, views at times. Um, it, it, I think sometimes in the last couple of years, Enright was playing as the only small defender in the team. So I, I think he's really benefited from the fact he hasn't had to do that type of role as much. And it's that pressure has been taken off. And instead he could use his skills... Um, you know, take those intercept marks, chop in front, you know, get that that 25-metre short kick back into the corridor, back, you know, back up the ground. Um, That's where I've seen him be a a very good player this year, making smart decisions um, rather than having to chase, you know, a Lindsay Thomas or or an Eddie Betts around for, for four quarters, which I probably think at 34 he wouldn't want to be doing too much of anymore. No, and that's right. You, you shouldn't have him doing that role, which has been very, yeah, no. Yeah. Wisely, they haven't. It's been great. Yeah, and it plays to his strengths as well. We yeah, exactly. We to read the play and yeah. know when to go and know when to spoil and know when to when to sag off and, and get the ball himself. So um, it's absolutely played to his strengths. And then you mentioned then SJ, obviously a stronger midfield. Well, you know, we've got the Rover and Ruck Rover in the All Australian team, both in there with Danger and Cell. So, which that probably just for absolutely um, proves your point or confirms your point. Um, we have already briefly touched on Danger, so I'll, but 
I'll just. What's your take on on the years both of those two players have had? Yeah, I mean, Dangerfield has been really explosive, and I, I liked what you said before about the fact that he looks to move the ball quickly. And I, I really reckon that. I, I mean, I understand out of the back line why you move it slowly, and I think that's fine, and I see why we do that. Um, but I think from four to centre. I don't see why in this day and age where you've got you know every player within 50 metres of the ball, why you wouldn't try and clear the pack, you know that congestion around you, why you wouldn't try and break that open from every player as soon as you can um, and get it sort of over that congestion, which is what he does. So you know he'll get the ball, he'll run 15, and he'll kick it 60, and all of a sudden the the players that are 50 metres away, they've been cleared and it's in a dangerous area. So. Um, I love how he does that part of his game. I really think he's at his best out of the centre clearance, and I really think that's where Geelong's at their best as well. Um, we, we look really potent when we're winning centre clearances, and we can break away like that and, and isolate Hawkins one-on-one rather than have him um, in, a, in a pack where he's pretty, um, he's pretty re- his output's pretty reduced. And Selwood, I think, has done a lot of unheralded grunt work this year. I reckon he might have even had his one of his best years, um, potentially his best year, probably played a little bit um, of a different role, trying to keep it more on the inside, not having to do it all on his own. Um, but every week, some of the stuff he does, like we, I reckon you can only see it if you're at the ground or you know if you're really concentrating on him because you know his play. Just the little things that he does again and again, which make a huge difference. It might be getting that hand in there, which, which ends up um, Danielfield getting the clearance or someone else getting the clearance. I reckon he's been excellent. And off the back of pretty much... A very heavily interrupted preseason, if I remember mm. correctly, as well. Um, Partridge, what are your thoughts on the our dynamic duo in the middle? Yeah, no, I think um, I think Solid's been terrific. You know, I don't think he's um, different. He's certainly not as explosive as Dangerfield. Really, Dangerfield's only weakness is every now and again he's kicking odds and down, and he has he has you know right. The odd shank, or sometimes I think I've been calling it a garden game, or I've been kicked with that. Yeah, you live with that, but the rest of his game's been uh, superb. But I think so, it's been, again, just so consistent, so prolific. Um, and the fact that there's two of them, it gives you very few sides of players capable of shutting them both down, if anyone does. I think the other thing. Yeah, I think the other thing on that is that in probably the last couple of years, we've seen Selwood get sort of heavily tagged in patches, and yeah, it, yeah. his his output's been reduced. But this year, I reckon it was just the Collingwood game um, where he got tagged, and he sort of he was minimised that game. But apart from that, um, and obviously having Dangerfield there helps because we're sort of spreading our load a bit. But um, you can't really think of any other game where he's been really down, which he has been a little bit from time to time when he's been. Um, you know, the only cog in the machine there. Yep. And that's really the, the one weakness of his game, I would have said, that was part of the issue, was you can worry him out of the game if you're tagging heavily. And he does get frustrated and sort of looks to the umpires a lot to freeze. He still does it a little bit. But I don't think it's been anywhere near as bad this year. Mm-hmm. And he's that, you know, just the nice benefit of having done to next time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Now we will start to we'll wind up things, and I'll just get brief thoughts uh, from both of you about our final. Um, well, not this Friday, next Friday night against uh, the Hawks. Um, 
we will be doing another podcast next week, which will go into a bit more depth and do a bit of a proper preview of the game. Um, but you two gentlemen aren't available for that one, or aren't going to be involved in that one, so I'm just going to touch base with you now about what your, I suppose what your expectations are, what your thoughts are heading into the, heading into our final, into our first final. Um, SJ, what's... Yeah, I was watching that Collingwood Hawthorne last quarter the up last week, thinking, do I want Hawthorne to win here or not? Do I, do we want to be playing them, you know, bring it on, or do we want to, do we want to see, um, you know, a home game? I think it would have been against GWS had they lost, um, or something like that. And really, I mean, I think GWS is in a better form um, than Hawthorne. Hawthorne on field, I think they're struggling. They're just going. I mean, they're struggling a bit. But you never write off the experience um, of a team like Hawthorne would have against the experience that a team like GWS has in finals. Um, so I never would underestimate them. But I almost think, look, this is actually the perfect time to play them. We've got a game in Melbourne now. Um, we beat them in round one. We've probably got better since then. They probably haven't got too much better since then. Um, you know, some of our strengths are back to being their weaknesses, um, being contested marking, where I think we're the number one contested marking team by a long way this year. They're looking really shaky um, at either end of the ground in the air. They're looking shaky in the ruck where we've got rucks back. Um, they're looking... They're a bit like us in that I think speed worries them a bit. Um, and so we don't have a lot of speed. We've got a few players in the centre where we, I reckon we can exploit them. So, But at the end of the day, I mean, if we can't beat them, a shaky Hawthorne who finished fourth, or, or sorry, snuck into third... Um, in week one of the finals, then we don't deserve to be a premiership contender anyway. So I reckon, look, bring them on. Hopefully we can knock them. Someone else could knock them out next week and be done with them. <laughs> Wouldn't that be glorious? Oh, it's about time. <laughs> My Hawthorne supporting boss, that's about all I could hope for, is <laughs> to be able to get it stuck into him about that. Partridge, what are you expecting? Probably more scarred by by all than you two put together, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know how much older I am. Uh, no, I think it really comes down to how well Geelong play. If we play well, I can't see them matching us. Yeah. If we play anything close to our best footy for four quarters, I can't see them being close. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. We're still going to do it. But um, and the, like, the one thing I would say is that. Um, they rely, compared to when we had a good run over them, you know, for five years or whatever it was, they rely a lot more on, um, you know, the smaller, the smaller players kicking goals now. You know, Rioli, Popolo, Bruce kicks a lot of their goals. And, you know, I don't think it's any surprise to any Geelong supporter that when we get beaten, pretty much every single game, they are the, they are the sort of players that other, from other teams who will kick goals against Geelong. So... I think that would be a real focus. I don't think they're going to worry us with any sort of taller players. Um, but you just look at every game we've lost. Collingwood's midfielders kick goals against us. Carlton's half-forwards and midfielders kick goals against us. Same with St Kilda. It's never the talls. Um, so, and Hawthorne has quality small forwards. So that would be the one worry, I think, for me. Yeah. No, um, like I said, I think that you've never got a better chance get a better chance. I think it's very much, there's a lot of Geelong 2014, there's a lot of even Brisbane 2004 about them. I think yep. they're still good, they've got experience and all that, but 
the unannounced, they can keep up. I can't see them with the candidate. I can't see them being close to Sydney and what I've seen in Sydney in recent weeks. And just to show how it's changed over the last month for them, they were two games clear on top a few yeah. weeks back, and then yeah. they scraped in to the top four. So yeah. uh, that probably shows how their last month of footy's gone. Yeah. Um, well, again, it's, it's one of those things. It's a long year. They've got a few guys over the wrong side of 30. Let's hope they're running out of gas. Yep, and I, I, I'll go into it more next week, obviously. But uh, I'll, 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 I will go into it at the game in the MCC. <laughs> <laughs> so, it could be interesting. All right, I think that just about wraps it all up. Um, and I will just give one more update. Joel Selwood has been named captain of the 2016 All-Australian team. I am pretty sore. It's his, as I'm just looking on Twitter, it's his third... Uh, selection as captain. So he's actually the second most selected captain. Doesn't surprise me. Kerry, nah. I'm just reading a tweet from uh, Joshua Kay, uh, who's yep. a Channel 7 stats bloke, I think, isn't he? Yep. Uh, who's got a, multiple selections as All-Australian captain. Kerry has four, Selwood with three, and then Ruse, Kelly, Voss, Rashudo, uh two each. So okay. he's he's in some good company. Absolutely. Um, so he was always he was always going to be captain when he was named on the field. Even if he was named on the bench, he was probably still going to be captain. But um, so it just caps off a, a pretty good night so far for the. Uh, in terms of all all Australians gone, and um, hopefully the start of a good uh, a good month. Now that we are officially in September, hopefully it's a more. Uh, good sign of things to come um, thank you very much for being involved again uh, SJ no worries it was an absolute pleasure I'm not sure what I'm going to do for the next sort of week and a half now well, you've got this, all this time to start looking forward to the to our next match excellent uh, thanks for having me no worries at all and Partridge thank you again no problem anytime thanks very much not a problem um as I said, we'll be back. I'll be back on next week with a, a bit of a match preview. I've got a couple of people lined up ready to go. Um, and look, if we win our final, then we're just going to have to keep doing them until we lose one. So we might be, we might be, we don't want to jinx anything. So uh, watch this space. Until then, we'll. Uh, I'll be back on again next week. And uh, thanks very much. Thank you. See ya. Thank you.